This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are tackling the question what is our relationship with gross foods? Oh, we have a relationship with gross foods? We, we have a. That's news to me. Um, I don't know if you know, but we also have a an audio visual program that comes out five days a week called Good Mythical Morning. Oh man, we we've done it. I'm gonna. I've kind of traced our our relationship with food through the episodes of the show, like, like Shabazz. What? Oh, not <laughs> not like Shabazz. But you should tell people what you mean by <laughs> when, that. Whenever. I hear the word traced. This is a, this is <laughs> That's a, awesome. just absolutely I know ingrained in my brain. Shabazz moved to Bowie's Creek. What grade? <laughs> Probably sixth, seventh grade. Maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, he, I, definitely eighth grade. He was there because at the eighth grade parties, the eighth I grade think, party think, at Adam but, Nicholson's okay. house. I was going to say fifth, but okay. Oh yeah, he could have been there earlier. But I know he was in our friend group in eighth grade because he would come to the parties. But Shabazz, all of a sudden, like, you know, when you're that age, it's like the ability to draw is is like a social, uh, you, you got points, You everybody knows the kids who can draw. You know what I'm saying? It's like being able to draw, it's like, oh yeah, Mark, he's a really good drawer. In grade school, there's an expectation that everyone should draw, and then sadly. But some people are actually good at it. That's and, weaned out of people, but then by the time you get to later middle school, which I think is where this story takes place, or this 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 memory. There's just a few people who continue to draw, like Kevin Kevin wins. He yeah, continued to draw. Right. I think he cont- continues to draw. Yeah, because he's good at drawing. But um, anyway, Shabazz was breaking out these incredible renditions of like Warner Brothers characters and <laughs> comic book characters, and bringing them to school. And we we're like, who? What? This guy? This new guy is incredible. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know who discovered it, but Shabazz was tracing. It got out. It, it, the secret got out. It got like, out that he was tracing. It's basically plagiarism. It's visual plagiarism. This he, had much more of an impact on you than me. I think he was in, he must have been in your class, not mine. I don't know, year. man. It's just, I think I, because. When you hear the word I was trace. so intimidated by I'm intimidated by people who are better at things than me, and I want to. I'm like, well, I can draw too, and so uh, I was just mad at him. You know, like when Shay Mitchell was so great at tasting. I think, yeah, very, uh, very similar. That, yeah, I, I wouldn't have. That came out of me, and uh, an anger that was then validated when I found out that she was tracing, so to speak. Right, she right, was right, given right. the freaking answers. But yeah, that's why when I hear tracing, I think it's Shabazz. It, I will always when you hear the word with the tracing, word tracing. That was quite an aside. When I hear the word Tracy, oh, I, I think I, of yep. I think of Tracy. Yeah, me too. Who we went to high school with. Uh-huh. And she had a she had an older boyfriend who was a real cowboy. Shane? Uh no, he had like a crew cut and he was uh blonde hair. He was a real cowboy. Yeah, yeah, he had like uh He had boots and he used them. Right, and like a belt buckle, tucked his shirt in. Yeah. What was his name? She was in my typing class, and I kind of flirted with her, but I wasn't her type because I didn't. I didn't. Was that a joke? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, I didn't even know I said it. 
<laughs> Are you intimidated by how well I can throw puns out there without even knowing? Yeah, Does that uh, make yeah, you angry? Yeah, you make me feel like makes me feel like you're tracing. <laughs> you're tracing your comedy. <laughs> um, so I've traced how we got to the point in Good Mythical Morning where we're, we consume so much food. Um, we do, I, I, I have to believe we have a different relationship with food because of the way we eat so much gross stuff and just food in general. Without so I'll come back to that. There was some fascinating things in that timeline that, I, that surprised me at least when I shabazzed it. Um, so we can come back oh, to that. Like that. That's a good use of also, it. Also I have some interesting um, tidbits about what makes things that are typically not tasty, something that you might acquire a taste for, like the the psychology behind what I'll call acquiring a taste for something. Mm. Um, especially when it comes to hot peppers and gross things and it extends beyond just foods as well. So I'm prepared if it comes to it to also talk about that because uh, in my mind that's what led up to, that was the starting point for this conversation. And also Alex asking us, how has our relationship with food changed because of, of the show? Um, I was like, that's a good question. We'll talk about that. Okay, uh, but first we wanna just catch up on the fact that we are both about to head out of town. We, yeah. We, we, we're obviously we're gonna be in, in, at the time of recording this, we'll be in London uh, uh, next week for VidCon, doing our, doing our VidCon appearance and also our show, our concert. But we wouldn't, be, you, that was weird how you said it. At the time of recording this, we'll, we will not be in London, we're here. We're at recording the, it right now. I corrected myself. At the time of recording, we will be in London next week. <laughs> okay. That's how I completed my sentence. As of right now when we're speaking, once we're done recording this podcast, we're both leaving on independent vacations and then right on the back side of that, we're going to London. By the time you listen to this, we'll be back from all of that and then you can expect, I guess. If it's worthy of a podcast. We'll probably give you each other and you an update on our vacations, but I mean, I'm in like, have I forgotten something important, like a passport or are my, are my underwears clean type of thing? And what are the main things that I need? Cause it's a short I, trip though, it's a short trip. I'm just taking a long weekend to Mexico. I'm going to Cabo because you've already been and I thought that was a good idea. Do, are you? I'm not taking my kids. Do you need the watermelon outfit? Well, I still have it. Because I don't need it where I'm going. <laughs> I, I, I should take it to Cabo. I was thinking about when I took that for Instagram, Christy was like, you should wait till we go to Cabo. I was like, I gotta come back now. Yeah. I gotta do it here and like, yeah. it was raining. It was it was kind of like a polar opposite type L- situation. A little bit, which interestingly is kind of what's happening with our mini vacations here because the place that I'm going, I looked at the weather last night and it was currently one degree Fahrenheit. One degree Fahrenheit. What? what? Okay. That's 31 below zero Fahrenheit. Um, it's mammoth. Well, it's not, again, it's not 31 degrees below zero. 31 below freezing. Freezing. <laughs> Fahrenheit. Um, the, uh, yeah, I'm going up to mammoth. Interestingly. Have you been there? Yeah, I went last year. So it's a ski mountain. I've never been. This is your second time. It is, I think it's the largest ski resort in California. It's definitely the highest elevation, so it gets the most snow. And they just got 10 feet over the past weekend. 10 feet, that's a basketball goal. That's crazy. 
That, and, uh, that is nuts, man. It was a blizzard, it was nuts. Are you gonna be able to get there? I mean, you, I'm you, I mean a you're, nervous, you're leaving man. basically hours from now. First thing in the morning. Well, I mean, everything is hours from now. It's just a matter of how many. Well, all things aren't the, you philosophical? All, all things in the future are hours from now. Listen, if you keep <laughs> if you keep talking that smack, I'm I, not gonna let you borrow my what, my rooftop cargo oh, carrier. I, I, I'm not taking it. I don't need it. Oh, I, so that's why? No, well, because Locke sprained his ankle. He's not skiing. Jesse had already made a decision that she was not going to ski and that she was just going to chill and read. Okay. And so that leaves me and Shep. And so the only reason I need the, the rooftop carrier is to get the skis mm-hmm. back and forth um, from the, where we rented them because we're staying at a place where we can just walk out and then like walk to the lift. So well, isn't that special? I believe that the that's fine. Hey, you don't I, if you don't want my carrier, no, you don't no. have to have it. I mean, I'll take it. It's not like I'll take it if you want me to. It's not like it's I didn't get the best carrier based on Amazon reviews but get, in existence. I'm worried about largest the, capacity the gas mileage. Hey, you know what? Worried about the gas. It's not like it's the mileage. most aerodynamic rooftop carrier that exists. Well, if you you haven't driven so halfway, you don't have to borrow. It. I'll ha- just keep no, it at home. Halfway to Mammoth, it, it, my feelings aren't hurt. When you get to the southern end of the Sierra Nevadas. The wind is ridiculous. Like I'm afraid that the rooftop carrier, I, w- I, I just end up on the side of the road, whoosh, sideways, right off the side. But the main reason, I just don't need it because Shepard's got short skis, I got long skis, it'll be in there for a half a I'm month. I'm not taking it personally. Uh, but I'm gonna be freezing. You're gonna be living it up. Oh I'm yeah. I'm gonna be freezing. Yeah, no sprained ankles. But no, I am. No children at all. I, I am excited about, I'm excited about skiing and hopefully I'll have a, uh, some kind of story, not too harrowing, because one of the things I read was there's something that they there's something that the, on the Mammoth website they were like, you know, beware of something something something. Basically, falling into deep snow and suffocating. Oh, there's wow. a term well, for that. Ten feet of snow. And that so, because you know how it is. The one time we went with Eric, um, yeah, to, to I guess it was. Uh, Park City. Park City and it was snow, it was like a blizzard while we were on the mountain. If you go off the like the groomed or the paths, like he was trying to take us through little shortcuts. But if you really don't know how to ski well. That's crazy. It, it's you like, just fall under the, 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 the uh, powder. And then you cannot get out. There's an art to like staying on top of the powder. I like the groomed man. Like I'm, a, I'm a blue man. You gotta be like Legolas in Lord of the Rings, it's man. Like, I'm like blue man group on the slopes. I, I see the blue and I go for it. I don't, I stay away from the, the black diamonds. I don't like the, the, the slopes. I like the gentle, gentle paths through the trees. You like percussion on like found items. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That's really what you're I talking about. I have a show here. in Vegas. It's just me going through the trees. I thought about taking Jade with Christy and I on our pre-Valentine's romantic weekend in Cabo before I head away to actually be apart from my wife and the love of my life when Valentine proper hits. I'll be entertaining Mythical Beast in London. Which by the way, if you wanna come see us, go to retinlinklive.com to see where we're gonna show up at a place near you. Um, Around the US we have some other dates posted and we're doing music. We're doing a bona fide concert. There is costuming involved at a certain point. Right, and we continue to announce dates for as those things fall into place. And I'll just go ahead and do some more plugging uh, while we're at it. If you're a member of the Mythical Society, you actually are the first to find out about where we're playing so you can get those tickets, those 
get the good seats, get the VIP ticks, that kind of thing. That goes to the Mythical Society first. So I'm trying to figure out if I should take Jade as a last minute decision just because the answer's no. I like, I just mentioned it to Christy. I wasn't like, I wanna bring Jade. This is about me and you and I, I do understand that. So I didn't, ever, didn't say any of that. All I said was, well you know the hotel allows dogs. I just left it at that. Uh-huh. And she was like, I know, but we don't need to bring Jade because this is about us. And I was like, exactly. Yeah, right, I'm just letting you know, it's just a fact. I mean, to me. I'm letting you know other people's dogs will be there. Just in case you wanna bring your dog repellent. I just find, I just think it's a fun idea to to fly with a dog, to bring a dog to another like hotel and like. Why is that a fun idea? I mean, you have an unusually. You see what she does. You have an unusually she easy She could be dog. here right now and you wouldn't know it. Uh, but I, but even how, even though she's so easy. She's like a fanny pack without the strap. But she's still a little. She just she's sits still, there on my body. she's still a burden because she wants your attention. Yeah, that's true. It, it's. It, I, I, again, I don't want to do it. I want it just to be me and Christy. And well, you have it. Have the dog at the pool with you. That would be kind of cool. No, man. being that guy, be like Doctor Evil or something. Having my my cat with me at all that's, times. Well, yeah, okay. She is. I cat. haven't seen those movies, but I think that's what happens in them. I think you're talking about Inspector Gadget's uh, doesn't arch nemesis. Maybe Doctor Evil has a cat. I can't remember. I'm bad he does at remembering have a cat. details. I haven't seen it, but I think he has a cat. Um. So anyway. So far, we're gonna move on to everything we've already talked about, but just in summary, we've devoted this podcast that you're listening to to what might happen in other podcasts that we'll tell you about. That's, That's what we've done so far. Wow. We've just, we've basically teased other episodes that we don't even know will exist. It's like, this is what's gonna happen in our lives. If there's something to report, best believe this is the venue that it will be reported. That's tantalizing. As well as, uh, I'll pro- I probably will have posted lots of stuff on my Instagram. Shout out to me on Instagram, Link Lamont. Oh, you can do that now. That's good. I'm really, I'm really gaining momentum over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on quite a pace. But you know what? I'm just dancing like no one's watching. So let's get to that food stuff in a minute. But first, we want to let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by Headspace. Headspace is your guide to health and happiness. It'll teach you the life-changing skills of meditation and mindfulness in just a few minutes every day. Now meditation is rooted in tradition, but it's also backed by scientific research. 10 days of Headspace has been proven to increase happiness by 5%, reduce irritability by 27%, and reduce stress by 14%. That's a lot of percents. I mean, I would, I'd love to see our irritability reduced by 27%. Well, it has been because both of us have been using Headspace actually for. I'm a fan. A couple, a couple of years now. Definitely. I mean, there's like an education process if you're new to meditation, as I was and kind of still am, and to mindfulness. That is, a, it's easy and it's entertaining. Headspace has hundreds of meditation sessions on everything from stress to sleep. You'll be guided every step of the way by Headspace co-founder Andy Puttacom, who spent ten years training as a monk. Yes the most soothing voice. I like his voice, yeah. Headspace has guided exercises to help you add a touch of mindfulness to daily activities like cooking, commuting, eating, and more. They even have SOS exercises for meltdown moments and mini meditations for busy days. And like we said, we've been using this for a while. We actually wanted them to be a sponsor uh, for quite some time because we were so impressed with uh, with this app. And uh, it's finally happening, Link. Yeah, guys, start your journey towards a healthier, happier life by subscribing to Headspace. Sign up now at headspace.com slash ear 
to get a free month trial. Again, to sign up, just go to headspace.com slash ear for a free month trial and start meditation today. Ear Biscuits is also supported by Tommy John. When men and women upgrade their tattered, outdated, multi-pack underwear to Tommy John, the most comfortable underwear on the planet, they have a lot to say about it. Like Scott, who's happy his double agents are no longer going rogue. Good gracious. <laughs> or Melissa, whose Tommy Johns are so light and comfortable, she worries she'll forget to pull them down when she goes to the bathroom. Hold, hold on, are you telling me, are Scott and Melissa like friends of yours? Are uh, they telling you these things? I mean, I think there's somebody that Tommy John knows. <laughs> the point is that men and women all across America are crazy about Tommy John. Both Tommy John's men and women's underwear support a no wedgie guarantee. So if you're really into wedgies, our apologies. Comfortable stay put waistbands in a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft and designed to move with you. Plus, Tommy John has dress shirts and undershirts that always stay tucked, ridiculously soft loungewear, and go anywhere apparel that's versatile enough to go from boardroom to boxing class. And for the ladies, the new air collection is made from quick drying antimicrobial fabric with seamless bonded edges that offer a no visible panty line guarantee. They won't even know you got underwear on, girl. Gosh. <laughs> Tommy John is so sure you're gonna love the fit and feel that it's all backed by their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. That means if you don't love your first pair, you'll get a full refund. And I am in no way asking for a refund because I am very much enjoying mine. Yes. Hurry to tommyjohn.com slash ear now and get 20% off your first order. That's tommyjohn.com slash ear for 20% off. tommyjohn.com slash ear. Now back to the biscuit. Okay, I'm interested to talk talk about, because I'm mean, emotional. <clears throat> I've got, speaking of food, I've got some almonds that are still in my throat. In the back? Some salt and vinegar, which interestingly enough, the reason I like the salt and vinegar is because they bite you a little bit. They get they give you a little bit of a bite. That's I, you know that you're eating them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There's a, there is a mouth punch. But this has come up that possibly a child, if they were to eat one, would be repulsed. They would not like it. A, a child does not typically like salt and vinegar mm -hmm. unless they have acquired that taste. This is what I'm going to get into. You want me to start there? Or where do you want to start? That's fine. Well, I was going to say that this is a question that. I feel like I get, I'm sure you get it as well, from just anytime I'm eating with someone who is a friend or at least knows that, enough about our show to know that we eat weird stuff on our show, I feel like there's this expectation that, well, yeah, sure, order that because Rhett's here because he, you know, he's known for eating anything. Mm. Uh, has that happened to you? I like there's while I'm eating with people at restaurants, there's there are conversations about my, you know, gas, gastro exploits. That's one word. I think it's very clear that I don't like a lot of the things that I consume on the show, so I don't run into you know things like oh you're good. We can order that because usually Link, Link we, will like it. We can't order that because Link's here. That's a different. That's a, that's a different thing. I'm trying to. There was. It was somebody was having a conversation and it it was like some some weird combination of foods were like oh we could try that's something to try you know what wouldn't it be fun to try that and then they realized they were talking to me and and were like oh i'm sorry i you that's kind of your job <laughs> and i right maybe it was britain 
at the house, like we were just hanging out. Um, he like caught himself. I can't remember who it was, honestly. Um, I just, I, I erased it from my memory because it was, Good. I wasn't in work mode. But yeah, I do think there's this, oh yeah, I'm, even with with friends and whenever any of that like weird food stuff comes up, the conversation takes a different complexion because I feel like that somehow we found ourselves in a position of being these, the guys who eat stuff on the internet. It, that is a facet, that is a facet. That is not me as a whole person. I So let's come back to that, but let's start more with like the psychology and the science and this other podcast that, I was looking for new podcasts um, like browsing, seeing what I could listen to. You'd listen to all of our ear biscuits back so many times that <laughs> you just couldn't take it anymore. You had to get something else. Uh, I I found a podcast called Hidden Brain. It's an NPR podcast. Um, I'll try to remember to tweet out a link to it, but you can search anywhere podcasts are found. I'm not a sponsor. It's just uh, it's um, explorations in what happens in in the brain and how that impacts our daily lives. I've only listened to one episode and it is an episode called uh, Radio Replay. I guess that means that it was on NPR and then they put it on the podcast again at a later date. Mm, Yum and Yuck. Yum and Yuck is the actual name of the episode and uh, I highly recommend listening to it. It's, it's very entertaining. But you know, it. I was like, hmm, they're gonna talk about eating nasty stuff. I. I I wanna see what their take on this is. And there's some psychological studies and there's this guy, the guest they had on there has done studies and one in particular is about how, um, well he, he was talking about people eating hot peppers hmm. and he went to a particular town in Mexico, I believe I'm remembering this correctly and he was kind of exploring the subject there where in this particular place they treat hot chili peppers like I treat salt and pepper, mostly pepper. Like I will, I will douse something in pepper. I just like it. Mm. I like the black specks. It like adds a pop of contrast, and then it adds a a pop of not spiciness, but a different type of pepper in my mouth. But a mm. chili pepper is a totally different thing. I mean, there is pain associated with eating a chili pepper, and everybody eats them in mass quantities. Like. It's like it's not a choice, it's just understood and thoroughly enjoyed by everyone once you reach the age of five years old, okay? So, okay. Sometimes as early as two, so like two to five years old, they start to like chili peppers. Now before that, you can't give a, you can't give a baby or a, an unacclimated four-year-old a chili pepper and they're gonna like it. Right. That's just not gonna happen, but from, Across the board, as a true statement, by the, by five years old, they're all eating the chili peppers. Um, he was trying to figure out why, and he started looking at the now. At, just to clarify, yeah, this isn't. I would assume that this is much of Mexico that this applies to. But yes. he's just isolated. Yeah, just he studying just happened, this, this town. Well, he happened to be in this one town, and that's what I was getting at. What he did was he. There's a lot of there's dogs and pigs around that are eating the food that's thrown out, which is laced in chili peppers. So his question was, have have they acquired a taste and an enjoyment of chili peppers as well? So like he put out cra a cracker with some hot sauce on it, and then a cracker without it to see which one random dogs and pigs would 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 prefer. Mm. 
And do you? What's your guess? Uh. My guess is that they did not prefer the spicy. Correct, they did not prefer the spicy. Now they ended up eating both of them because they're animals and they're hungry and they're gonna eat right. both. Eat anything. But they, but they preferred the ones that weren't spicy. They just tolerate it. Whereas humans do something different. Once they get, once they get to a, that age of five years old or so, they're actually starting to prefer it. Now, the first reason was described as societal and social pressure. I mean, you're, you're all gathered around for a meal and all the older people, older siblings, they're all eating the chili peppers and even though it's a painful tear-jerking experience. And that's not something that would apply to dogs. It's something that these. Um, Peer pressure is not a thing in the canine world. I mean, probably in some, right. some, in some way it is, but not with eating hot stuff. Right, so you know it's it's not actually an acquired taste. Like the more you eat, then you start to prefer it. But in humans, you they start to prefer it. If given the option of putting the chili peppers on it, they will do that. They won't go, so to speak, to the cracker that doesn't have it. Yeah. So what's the difference there? What's happening? So the societal pressure to overcome the initial pain kind of breaks the seal and you start eating the chili peppers but then the dogs and the pigs inform us to say, well, even once you eat it, it's still not an acquired taste. There's something else going on. Well, okay, so let me at this point, before you get into the uh, what is going on, mm -hmm. I'll, I'm gonna give you just my layman's, I'm not trying to guess where the science is going, I'm just gonna say, as someone who likes hot stuff or liked hot stuff. Okay. Okay, because something changed with me. And also someone who, Interesting. Has, who has a son who Locke was eating hot wings as early as I can remember, like when he could have, and it was not me telling him, son, you should eat this, because Shepard doesn't like, Shepard still doesn't like hot stuff. Hmm. Shepard, less than two years ago, still described toothpaste as spicy. So this is a <laughs> different palate. Yeah, but my, uh, Lando calls LaCroix spicy water. Right, so. Just because it's fizzy. But Locke enjoyed hot wings and would get like, even when you know he's well, he's fourteen now, and back when we were living in Sherman Oaks, and he was like seven, eight, nine, so even younger than Shepard, he we would go and get hot wings. Back, I remember that we used to get, uh, we, we used to get Zaxby's back in North Carolina. Yeah, you know. So anyway, which had different levels of hot, and he would get he would something go on the hotter, very side. very hot, and then of course once he got to be like ten or eleven, he would go all the way to where I would went, which I think is like nuclear or something like that at, at Zaxby's. I stopped eating that stuff because so, so over the past couple of years something has happened where it affects my like stomach way too much. Like I love, I don't care about burning mouth, I love the feel and the taste, but it's the way it's affecting my insides is cause in my skin I have like breakouts and stuff. Anyway, too much detail. Too much detail, Rhett. But. You're veering off. To me, I always just thought, A, I would have said that it had more flavor, right? So I would I would have said that the spicy has more flavor, which I believe is a indisputable fact when it comes to a hot wing. Like when you get like mild at a place, it just tastes like butter. You know what I'm saying? Like if you get like mild buffalo. Butter is a flavor. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna say it's a different, ex it is a different experience. Right. But, but I wouldn't, I mean, 
I just wouldn't say that it doesn't have flavor. It just has. It doesn't have as much flavor of the type of flavor that I'm going for. But then it does get into this place that like, there's an experience of eating the eating the hot wings is like something. It's memorable. It's it's super active. If you're doing it with somebody, you're talking about it. It's just it makes much more. It makes much more out of the meal. So you end up just thinking. I like hot stuff. It adds a fun element. Right, it's fun to eat hot stuff. Well, and that that may be baked into the answer that I learned from The Hidden Brain, um, which they they then began to describe something that, a phrase coined as benign masochism, which is enjoying initially negative experiences that the body slash brain falsely interprets as threatening. So it's something, uh, it's experiencing pain from something that is not actually going to inflict real damage. It's something that's thrilling but not actually threatening. So that experience of knowing that it hurts but that you're totally gonna be fine is is fu- fuels the the brain it creates an experience that you want to continue to have. Well, it's like after you, if you're like in a if you're in an accident and then you walk away from it, there's a thrill. That's like an extreme example of that. Well, but I th- a better we, example is a roller coaster. We, we talked about roller coasters before. Uh, we didn't use that term, benign masochism, but that's what that's why I said that's why if when I don't get sick yeah. on a roller coaster, the reason I love it is because I feel like I'm simulating near death without being anywhere close to it. Right, um, also for things like coffee. It's like the initial taste of coffee is very bitter. It's not It's not something you would like and again, so this is, but that, I, I've always that's an interesting an acquired taste. That's an interesting extrapolation though. It's an, it's. So this, that, the guy is saying On that, a brain, on an inner brain, psychological level, that's something that's happening. Now they, he didn't actually talk about acquired tastes because I, I did, that that would have been my explanation. That's like you know, the more you eat, the more you like it. But again, the pigs and the dogs don't. There's we, something we, we else kinda, going on. So we got into this a little bit when we talked about pickiness, right? So, um, and which is I find this interesting because you can rattle off a lot of things that are traditionally thought of as like not good. Blue cheese, right? Blue cheese is a prime example of something that like is very polarizing. I don't like it. And it tastes like rotten cheese because essentially that's what it is. And I absolutely love it, right? It's just this bite and I I love it. But we don't, when it comes to like roller coasters, we're both just as willing to ride a roller coaster. It's not like you're afraid to ride roller coasters, but you don't like blue cheese, you don't like olives, spicy mustard or whatever, super hot stuff. I think something, I I think the, the, I, I don't think olives is really a, a, in pickiness, it kind of goes a little too broad because I think you're licorice. Li- I think you licorice, like okay, you know that, what I'm saying. I don't th- th- things I don't, that have I don't this experience weird pain associated with licorice, but I also don't experience pain associated with the bitterness of coffee, which they did talk about. So I guess okay, yeah, licorice. It's something that you're on a on a deeply instinctual level. It's like, oh my gosh, this shouldn't go into my mouth because it, it's going to 
your, your brain scene poison. from an evolutionary standpoint is gonna contaminate you. Because it's bitter like poison. Because the thing is, is it, it just as but, somebody but who enjoys. Know it's not. But it's somebody who enjoys licorice, black licorice, in the saltiest, I have some of that samayaki in, in, in my office, probably still saying that wrong. Um, it's not like when I eat it, I'm tasting strawberries. You know, it's not like when I'm eating it, like I'm tasting something that's like sweet and good. I'm tasting something that tastes like I'm biting into a root that I pulled out of the ground. Like I, the bitterness, it's for me. This is why I think it's I. It's it you is relate, all, it's you're, all you're, in the brain. You you're relating to this as well because I think that when I taste licorice. I'm essentially tasting the, ex now everybody's taste buds are different. I understand that there's different amounts and different sensitivities and they're super tasters, et cetera. But I don't think that what's, it's just like people are like, how do you know that I see green and you see what you're green and the, the lyric from the thoughtful guy, why do you know that we see colors in the same way? Yeah. Well, because we have no reason to believe that we see colors differently because the same DNA structure, you know, the same genes that contribute to your visual apparatus are the same kind of genes that contribute to mine. So oh, okay. red is red, so, right? So you're saying most people taste licorice, I they think taste you the taste same licorice thing. the same as me, but your brain has a different pers perspe perspective on it. Cause your and it must be this masochism thing. So, I mean, benign masochism is not, it's not a rational thing. I think it's, it's a subconscious thing that's happening. Clearly, yeah. But can you, can you start to pull from that subconscious when you're eating the licorice? Can you, can you filter that experience through? I don't know, dying. No, but I think I can. I can pull it into like smelling, like smelling a fart. <laughs> okay. You know, sometimes you you fart and you smell it, and you're like, "That's horrible," but you're like, "I gotta keep smelling that." <laughs> Just take it in. Yeah, I think that. that I feel like you, you. You know who you are. <laughs> you know who's done that. And uh, suck not, it all up. Not, some, not, not somebody saving. else's fart. I've never savored someone else's fart. Like, let me just be very clear about that. You savor your own. And not all mine, just sometimes. I feel like maybe you're learning something. Maybe your subconscious is learning something. It's, you know, it's, if I think Jade smells, she smells her own poop. Well, dogs. And I think she is learning, dogs she's have definitely this. learning something. Dogs like to roll about in her trash. own health. Drug dogs like well, to eat trash. That's different. That's that's more of like a camouflaging thing. But but smelling your own poop, not eating it, but smelling it. Some dogs eat it. They talk about that in the podcast too. Um, I think I think she's learning something about her own health. It's kind of like sending your fecal sample off to like some sort of doctor. Which incidentally, I think I've shared this. I have the fecal sample kit at my home ready to be filled up. Oh, well let me not help you with that. I will be telling you all about it. Why? When I do it. Why? Cuz I went to a new doctor and I said I want the full rundown. I want everything. I want blood work. He's like, "You want a fecal sample thing?" What? It's okay. like, "Well, of course, if that is that if that's an option." That sounds fun. What? Of course I want that. Uh You just wanted to be thorough cuz you're a hypochondriac. I want to know every, I want a full evaluation. And I kind of like the idea of being in my bathroom and putting my poop into something and shipping it to somebody. He's, go to this doctor, he's very thorough. <laughs> he's very thorough. I asked him, I was yeah. like, can I go outside to do this? <laughs> no, I'm gonna be in the front yard. <laughs> what? Because man, you, you're, you know as well as anybody that open air human feces is one of the worst things in the world. It's worse than bear. Worse than bear. <laughs> so, I think the question is, are we benign masochists? 
I, you know, are you buying it as far as, I, I don't think I am in, in normal life. Like I, I just, I've acquired the taste of coffee. I acquired, and I'm still gonna use that phrase, acquired the taste in college, it was very late for me. I, and, and me as well. Yeah. Um, I oh yeah, I tasted it when I, my, my mom let me drink her coffee. Uh, I have like a vivid memory of tasting her coffee when we lived in Thousand Oaks. So I would have been that's before I met you. So I would have been like five, four or five, and and being like, whoa! And it's like the first time your parents you know, let you have a little swig of wine, you know? Or when we, I mean, and we've you know we we're not proponents of this, but. We've told the story of like trying chewing tobacco, which is oh, that's a easily prime example. One of the worst things that you can try to put in your mouth, and the fact that people do it habitually—I mean, they're it, well, but it's you, addictive but because you, there's but nicotine. You, but you like that too. I mean, that that I did not like it. it you was liked horrible. it and hated it at the same time, man. The, but the reason why was because it was social a, it pressure. Was, it was illegal. It was it was stupid, and it was it was wrong. It was forbidden. Yeah, it was but forbidden. you have to admit. So I think to that's me, a form of benign masochism. When you were sitting out on one of those rocks in the middle of the Cape Fear River, and it was super hot, and we were sitting there spitting <laughs> into the water, yeah, it makes you a little delirious, and that feels weird. And like, whoa, this is a different experience. No, we do not. We're not proponents of that. You shouldn't do it. It's a horrible, horrible. Do idea. not do it. Horrible it, like, idea. I, I, my stomach turns just thinking about it right now. But I think it's a different form of benign masochism. That's like. I'm motivated by another factor, which is I know this isn't gonna, well, long term it will kill you, um, but short term it's not going to kill me right now, and it, but it, but it feels illicit. Well, so, so I, it, it's, I relate it's a to roller coaster this, thing. But I do not, uh, when I think about the things that we've done on the show, it is, this is not the same thing for me. I, I, but I think maybe because we go so far into the extreme. Like if you take like surströming as an example, you know, the fermented Swedish whatever it is, some kind of fish. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. The kind of thing that like when we open it in the studio, you, everyone has to evacuate. You don't have to eat it, you just have to get close to it. We didn't even attempt to taste it. But if we opened it now, I bet you we would. And I think that's that's what I want to get at. But so, would you but I wouldn't enjoy it. I wouldn't. I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it's the, the spirit of our show is to try things. And but I'm not trying it, thinking, you know what? I might like this, even though that's kind of the the unspoken premise, or sometimes the spoken premise of our show is, will it whatever is like is was this going to be unexpectedly good? But I don't go into those situations thinking of it the way that I think about, uh, like okay, sushi as an example. I. We didn't grow up eating sushi. A lot of people our age didn't grow up eating sushi, but especially where we're from. Mm -hmm. So the first time I ever had sushi, uh, it was weird. The wasabi was a completely new taste. The eating ginger was it all, all that was completely new and exotic, and I didn't really like it the first time, and then kind of liked it the second time, and then third, fourth time I was in, and now I can actually find myself craving it. Right, but and I think that. I don't. I just don't I, see what we. do. I don't know if that's benign, benign masochism. I do think that there is acquiring a taste for something through another means that isn't the pleasure of feeling like you're going to harm yourself, but you're not. I think there are other routes to changing your mind over time about something. Um, but I would like to look back. I kind of, like I said, I traced Good Mythical Morning in terms of 
how did we get to a point where we started eating so much food? And we start, you know, it's interesting that it hasn't, what, what, what you've said is that there's not a component of it that we actually enjoy it. We don't actually enjoy in the moment eating the stuff that we're gagging. That's why we gag it out. But I, I mean, mean, I enjoy every other aspect of it. I though. enjoy every other aspect. So don't of it. don't feel sorry for us. Don't feel sorry. Don't make comments where you say things like, "If you guys don't enjoy it, don't do it." We enjoy. Most uh, people do enjoy watching us not enjoy it. So, <laughs> and we we're enjoy. Gonna, we're gonna keep doing. We it. enjoy our audience enjoying that we're not enjoying it and that makes us enjoy it. And when I watch those montages of uh, us trying to get things down and not being able to, I mean, it is, you've seen the way that I react in the moment when you can't get something down. I mean, th it brings me joy. <laughs> I mean, I, I that there is pure joy in watching your best friend not be able to get food down. I mean, I, that's great. There's a lot of joy in that. I was surprised at how we got to this point. So it, perhaps as a digression, I just I just wanted to take us down memory lane because I always tend to think of Willet as, you know, we, we, we did an episode called Willet Taco. We did that episode on Cinco de Mayo of 2014. Okay. Um, Almost five years ago. And I went back and I watched part of that, you know, hard shells and we just put stuff in it and like broccoli and cheese. Um, I made a comment on that episode before we ate pork blood, congealed pork blood and like little cube, long cube logs of it. I said, this is why we're on the internet. This is our destiny. Well, like I said you're, that. You're a prophet. I was just really, really stupid. I shouldn't have said that. But I tend to think that like that's the moment where this thing started to careen into crazy. Um, that was season five, episode 82. So I went all the way back to the beginning. It's like, when do we really start eating stuff? Season one, episode five, we did best candy bar ever. And then maybe a month or two later, we did best cereal ever. We were trying different best evers and we were like doing toys and all types of stuff. It didn't catch. So even though very early on, we did eat some stuff and rank it, which we came full circle on that. Right. Um, we abandoned it. That's all we did, ate those two things in season one. Season two, episode 76 was the next time I could find us eating something. Uh, they would discontinue Twinkies and we, we said we, we acquired one and I had never eaten a Twinkie. So we how, said- it, How old was that Twinkie? It was the last Twinkie on earth. It was a fresh Twinkie, oh. but, it, but the company was gonna go over. It was rescued and there's Twinkies still Or exist, go under, even. Yeah. It's the only thing we ate in season two. Season three, episode 29, I was playing a game with you about like ways to extend your life and every time you got a question right, I let you take a bite out of a quadruple whopper. Oh man. Just cause I thought that would be funny. We had the good ideas back then, didn't we? Well, but we didn't know what, what was happening. I mean. I just so wanted to eat a quadruple you whopper. And you loved it. Oh yeah. You were eating this, it, you would get a question right, you would just chomp on this quadruple whopper mm. and it was a, a great thumbnail too. Wow. Of course, that, that didn't really click into place. Um, the only other thing we ate in season three, there's an episode called Rhett and Link Eat Insects. Mm. And I think that was, I didn't watch that one, but I think it's probably like fans sending us like crickets in a bag or something. I honestly didn't watch it. Um, 
That's the only thing we ate in season three. Then we made the mythical show, and then we came back in season four. No food on the mythical show. Not that I, not that I recall. Interesting that we had not yet understood. That, that, that definitely that shows that we didn't understand the potential that there was no. in eating on camera. The fact that we created this show that we had such high hopes for, right? And didn't eat a thing. Now. Well, that maybe we did. But. Now, Will It Taco again was season five, but I'm just starting season four. Everything that I could find in a cursory search that we ate, I'm sure there's a little bit more, but not a whole lot. We did a thing called the Habanero Pepper Challenge. I think that's where we ate increasingly hot peppers getting up to the habanero. Mm-hmm. It's before hot ones existed. Uh, we did that once. Then we did it, we did something called the Noodle Showdown in, mm-hmm. episode, in season four where we ranked different types of noodles, like in a, in a tor- tournament style. Then we never did that again. It's so fascinating to me that like we did this, wh- why would we wanna taste noodles? Well, at that point we were really, oh, we were already trying to figure out we what, were out of what, ideas. what to do, yeah. We did an episode, we got that pill, that, the taste tripping pill. Yeah. Where it makes sweet things sour and sour things sweet, because we were big on experiments. Like that's how we thought of our show. We're not really eating things. We only eat things if it's if it's part of an experiment or for inventing something. Because we did, we invented the Big Mac and cheese, and like oh, put yeah, an orange yeah, chicken yeah. on a sub. Um, that seems more recent. No, season four. Season four. Then we ate the ghost pepper to follow up with the habanero challenge. We did a ghost pepper episode, and then we did one called the strangest candy on earth. We just got international candies and we just tasted them and talked about them. Uh-huh. That's all we. I mean. Out of all those episodes in season four, those are all the ones that are food-based. That's it. Mm. That's that's all I could find. Season five, we we started to started to get going a little bit. We did we tasted fake bacon, mm-hmm. and then a few episodes later, we did an exotic meat taste test, and then we started like putting sriracha on stuff and eating it. We got some of that cat poof coffee and tried that. I said cat poof but it was cat poop. Yeah, it, was, it made it sound better. We did a blindberry taste test with strawberry 17. Again, this is an exhaustive uh-huh. list. This is not just highlights. These are the only food things we did. Uh, then we did bug war, which was me eating a scorpion. Oh, wow. That got a lot of clicks. Season five, episode 57. That's like became our most viewed video of all time because it was the thumbnail of me holding up a scorpion and I actually ate the whole freaking thing. Golly. But you see what got us to that point is, oh, we ate some bugs the previous season, we ate some exotic meats, then we did a pizza taste test. We just did that out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure BuzzFeed was doing their stuff too and there was a lot of feeling like we're getting on each other's bandwagon or something. That was starting to happen. I don't know if we were, uh, you think we were on the radar at that point, that, that season? Maybe, I don't know. Season five is when GMS started to take off, I think. For, uh, we ate 40 year old ham and eggs oh, and yeah. then we did Will It Taco. Then after that, in season five, we only did two more food episodes I could find after Will It Taco. We did Flying Waffle, which was unidentified Flying Waffle. We invented some, we tried to invent other dishes like we did Big Mac and Cheese the last season. Right. And th- that didn't work, so we abandoned that. And then we did the squeezable food taste test where we fired food at each other's oh, faces. Oh yeah, yeah, Which yeah, was a lot yeah. of fun. But that was just a, like a weird one-off because we were doing a bunch of like experiment stuff and again, it, we didn't really think of it as a food thing. That's all we did. It, th- the next season, we did, 
will it ice cream sandwich because in our I'm on vacation video, we were we played guys who worked in an ice cream sandwich factory. And so we came up with that idea in order to promote people watching our music video. It, and we were like, oh, we did Will It Taco many months earlier. So May of 2014, um, let's see, June, okay. It, it was a. It was only a month later. No, we started. It was. It was early. It was maybe in the beginning of season six. Yeah. So we followed that up, and then then all of a sudden we started to do some stuff. But again, I can quickly tell you everything we did in season six. It was food, smell tasting. Will it double awesome? Deep. That wasn't food actually. Uh, will it deep fry? And then we did the Carolina Reaper. Mm. Did you know that has twenty five million views? Yeah, that's because a bunch of people keep crazy watching man. it. <laughs> September of 2014. Even now. Guess that exotic sausage. We did that four episodes later. Then we opened the Sir Strumming with PewDiePie mm -hmm. and a Good Mythical More. We did Willet cereal, started doing a bunch of other Willets. Three episodes later, we did Blind Fast Food Burger Challenge. Mm. That's when we started getting into that yeah, blindfolded, started getting identifying stuff. And we started, w w you see the slippery slope of us starting to eat more exotic or weird foods it was interesting in my mind that like Willet Taco did not click in our minds that we were immediately gonna start doing Willets. Like we do one every month now, but that took a long time to get going because the third one we did was Willet Double Awesome. Because hmm. we, we started doing experiments about like giving yourself hiccups so we would like start to drink a whole bunch of hot sauce. We just started to become much more willing to put things down our throats in order to experiment and find stuff out. Well, and, and, and maybe and, that's not the the well, best way to put well, it. Well, okay. So what we, what we were doing, just to put it bluntly, is we were uh, without even really knowing it or you know <clears throat> acknowledging it at the time. We were doing it, it was kind of our personal version of what has happened with the media, with online media mm -hmm. in general. So we became. We became these daredevils and we didn't even know it was happening. Well, specifically what I'm saying is that, okay, so now the news, the way that the news works is it's based on advertising, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying anything that you don't already know, but basically a lot of people are, are, are sort of saying that, you know, journalism is ultimately dead if something doesn't change because um, ads are what are, is fueling the journalism industry, and so what do you need? You need eyeballs. You don't. Truth is not important. Eyeballs are important. So therefore, you're going to title your article in a way that gets people to click, and you're probably going to be willing to do something that's misleading, right? Now we weren't doing the thing. We, we were always concerned about making sure that when you clicked on something, it wasn't misleading. So it's not right. the same. But so we had to actually put it in our mouths. Right. We're, well, we well, can't dangle news, a scorpion and then not eat it. The news industry has been completely transformed because right. they want people to click our lives <laughs> because we were the ones personally putting our, ourselves into this situation. Our our GI tract has been has been transformed. In fact, we were talking the other day about what is this, and this is why I'm getting my poop analyzed, and you should too. I should too. I'm yeah. getting my microbiome analyzed because I want to know what's in it, man. And I think it's going to be drastically different than it would have been before all this stuff happened because of the stuff that we put in our bodies. 
But that's what we were doing. We were responding to a trend and when we would go back and we would look at a season and we would decide, well, what are we gonna do again? It was like, well, one of the factors was, well, these things got views. People seem to care about this, so we gotta keep doing those things. And, and we're and we're good at it. We can we instinctively know how to contextualize experimental uh, or weird or gross foods, and also, and and then on the backside of that, somehow we became guy like the every every man who can say, if I eat a burger blindfolded, can I tell you what it is or not? You know, just because it's it's just interesting to people and we're like okay but I just wonder if like Johnny Knoxville or like the Jackass crew, like do they have, uh, is is there actual masochism going on with them or are they in a, like if we were to talk to them would they be in a similar place? I've listened, I've listened to a few Johnny Knoxville interviews. I think I like the guy, I'd like to meet him, I'd like to ask him but I don't remember gleaning that knowledge. If I, I just get a sense that like, are well, they just doing it for the, for the, for their version of clicks or adulation or you know entertainment value, do they actually mm-hmm. enjoy it? Of I course, there's, it a, there's such a thing as a masochist. I, I think that it, I, well, I don't, first of all, they're in a completely different league. Well, yes. With what they're willing to do to themselves. Absolutely. In fact, the links that they go to are things that the average Good Mythical Morning viewer would probably be uncomfortable with and there's probably not an incredible crossover between the two audiences. Even though we put ourselves under duress all the time. Well the Coyote, I nearly said, and I've, I think I've said degree. before that like, that I cannot watch Coyote Peterson get stung or bit or gnawed upon. And I think that I that's, cannot, I could not watch it. Have you, but do you, have you watched Jackass? Um, not w- much, Would no. you, do, does the same thing apply? Like seeing somebody get hit in the nuts or I mean, the stuff that they, I mean, seeing somebody get attacked by a lion while in a zebra costume. I mean, they do. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that they do. I mean, I also don't watch other people. I don't. I've, I've, I've only watched other people eat hot peppers because they wanted to watch them. Of course, I You know, I don't really watch a lot of stuff, but I don't watch people eat gross things either. Like it. It. The thing that we've arrived at when it comes to eating gross foods, the only point of reference that I personally have are the few episodes of Fear Factor that happened to be on television way back in the day where they would uh-huh. force him to eat nasty stuff as like a physical challenge. Well that's really the first, yeah, I think from in terms of US culture, but that's I, sort of our first exposure to that whole but it's, phenomenon. It's interesting that it it's something that we just had these couple of weird ideas and only because they worked it evolved into this thing. It, we weren't emulating anybody and we weren't entertained by anybody else doing anything comparable. Yet we found we find ourselves in this position and now you're you're wondering has it impacted your your inner biome? Well, cuz I don't how else I do you think it's impacted us? Cuz I also don't eat um it's changed the way that I eat in general. Um because I feel like well, when we make the show, I eat basically whatever I want. And you know me like if we're doing a pizza taste test or whatever, I'm like a cow, man. I, I just I look over there. And I'll like, just eat the whole piece without. I have thinking a handful of whatever it is we're eating. I look over at you and it's gone. I'm like, yeah, and it's not a conscious you thing. It away? I, I'm just I'm a big man. I'm a big man. I'm a hungry man. <laughs> I like I run hungry. There's such a thing as running hungry. <laughs> like it, like my your level, idol? my level like of hunger idol? is. Even though you're the one who's always like, when is lunch? I'm actually the one who's hungry. <laughs> I, I just, I'm always hungry. And so I just eat, So, but I've thought, 
I'm putting these things in my body when we make the show, so I probably shouldn't put these things in my body when we're not making the show. So I try not to eat fried stuff. I try to limit my meat intake. I remember talking to Harley, and like, I mean, and he was talking about how he eats healthily when he's not doing epic meal time. Like at, at the height of epic meal time, we had this discussion, and he was like, "Yeah, you have to." We went out to dinner with him, and he was like, "I don't, yeah, I'm kind of gonna get a salad. I'm kind of gonna eat like a." Make a healthy choice because I do that because I'm a human. I go yeah, because we went to that place uh, next to VidCon in Anaheim that was like burgers and hot dogs or whatever, and he was like, "I'm going to get salad." <laughs> right. So it's definitely impacted the way that I see food. Um, but hot foods, I've been scarred. I, I absolutely have. There, there's no like, there's no chance of me getting on that bandwagon because I've been burnt. Like my brain has changed because of the 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 experiences that we had with the Carolina Reaper and the um the Trinidad Marugo Scorpion. So that that ship has sailed. To that me it's, it's less cuz what happens with you is like you can smell it or taste it and it makes you like sick or whatever. That doesn't happen to me. What happens to me is it was just so unpleasant, especially I'm the one who suffered the most from the Trinidad thing. I, I was out of commission last time. You were on the show, but then that night I was in just as bad a peril. We, we both threw up. Um, but to me, it's just. We both forced ourselves to throw up so that we wouldn't have to pass it the other direction. At this point. And that was not an easy thing to do because it was it was just as hot when you when you threw it up. It's not like when it got in your stomach, it started to lose its hotness. Well, okay, and so a lot of people have said, okay, well there's now there's the Pepper X, which is hotter than anything that we've eaten. Why don't you guys eat the Pepper X? Well, interesting, there's a reason for that. Because. I don't want to, you think that's it, my reason. Well, I, I think it's actually, there is a, there's variables involved, right? There's, what is the level of pain that we would go through? And then what is the reward? And then how much does the reward impact where we're at? So at this point, thankfully, we don't need to have a video that gets 20 million views in order to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like we've gotten to a place where we have a product that people like and we yeah. don't have to do, we don't have to put ourselves through that much pain in order to get noticed and so it's just not worth it. And also it wouldn't get that many views because people have seen people do all kinds of stuff now. It's not nearly as novel yeah. as it was. Yeah. But you know what, the pain that we would experience is the constant. In fact, it's probably actually increased because we've gotten older. So the amount of discomfort that we would go through is at an all time high and then the reward is at an all time low and that is why we are not going to ever eat the Pepper X. You don't need to keep asking us to do it. We're not gonna do it. We don't have to, but so we're not going to. eating gross stuff, yes, and fist, let's do, you've never done yeah, this before. Let's fist. do a fist bump. Yeah, okay. It's good, Rhett. We'll put our- Glad you we'll said put bump a, after that. Put a stake in the ground. Mm. Yeah. We put a fist bump together. Um, <sighs> but when it comes to gross foods, I've, I think I've learned, well, I've, I, we've learned a couple of things, like my, my brain, I've I've developed some skills. Like I'm really good with a blindfold. Like I can operate with a blindfold in lots of environments. You wear it all the time now. Put that in my like. Sleep with one. My one ad. Good with blindfold. <laughs> Call me. What do you want? Well, I'm really. We're. I think we're both really good at like 
tasting things that have no business having the flavor they have and guessing what it is. Like blindly guessing incongruous flavors on things because mm. that's happened a lot over episodes. We have done, we've got a lot of experience with like that. Like just blindly guessing why something has a flavor that it shouldn't have. Um, but then also just the skill to be able to participate in one of the most intimate acts that a human could participate in and that's consuming something. Wow, that's Putting, intimate, huh? I, I mean, it's it, going inside you. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you wanna get down to like the, what's, it, what, what's happening, I think the reason why it's so compelling what we and the other people who eat weird stuff do is because like, I mean, the, the most intimate thing you can do with something is put it in your mouth. I mean, <laughs> it's one of the most intimate things. I mean, it might be and the most intimate. Yeah, so it's like, if, if that's gross and you're willing to consume it or try to consume it, that is a feat. And we have gotten good at being able to do that. Hmm. Like, being able to, I mean, the amount of time that we would hem and haw before we would like actually put something in our mouths has drastically decreased. Like, we're almost, nonchalant about it now. Like we forget. Well, and also in. But we're good at it. And going back to the whole, the variable is gross stuff, it's gross for a second. It doesn't, I mean, some stuff sticks with you a little bit. Uh, even if you swallow even, it, it kind of disappears. Even in the worst case, it's the taste, you can get the taste out of your mouth. You, you can get a taste out of your mouth. Right. You can't necessarily get that burn out of your mouth in the same way or that burn out of your right. belly. So I think continue, continuing to eat gross things, it's, I think we've reached, I, I hope Josh isn't listening to this. Yeah, don't tell him about this. I think we've reached like practically like the, the ceiling yeah, but we're not of any, how actually gross something can be. But we're not any, I, I don't know about that. I'm, I mean, I don't feel like I'm any better. Uh, for instance, uh, I've said this repeatedly, the congealed blood, ironically, the first thing that we ate that kind of started this whole train. This is the answer to the question, what is the worst thing you've ever eaten? I think it's gotta be the the, the blood because you know, it's the so reason visceral. I don't the reason I don't like liver that uh that reason is multiplied by a you know exponentially with uh with the blood because it's got this metallic like it just I know it but instantly coats my mouth and I kiss I have this visceral reaction and it immediately makes me gag. I've seen you, like without pause or discussion, just bite into a heart like an apple. That wasn't a problem. Yeah, I, I and that's still a problem for me. Like anything that like is in an intact thing, that's nasty. I have a real hard time with that. Like an eyeball or an, like an, a, an entire organ like a kidney or a heart, those type of things. But I have gotten a lot better. I've, I've, I've grown as a performer. It's just a weird, it's just a weird type of performance. It's just, I mean, I'm so fascinated that we like careened, I, I, I don't know, it didn't happen that fast. That's not the right verb, but as I, as I, how did it make you feel when I, when I, when I tracked through the ideas that we had? Did it make you feel? Proud? Is that what you're thinking? I for? guess. You want to feel proud? I don't. I don't know what you, you need to felt. feel. Some more pride? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. I. 
I'm not surprised by it at all. It's so weird, right? Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I, I kind of feel like, and I think this has been proven when, you know, we've initiated it's sort of the unofficial initiation, at least it was at a time, it's a certain time for new, you know, crew members was having them eat something. But if you go back and look at those things or when we've had like a special guest, like a Make-A-Wish guest or uh, you, you, when we had um, the Golden Tea winner, Megan. Megan. Uh, she, they all ate, ate stuff like without issue. I don't, I don't think that we're especially good at it, at eating it. I think we're especially good at reacting to it. I think that the thing that we do that's compelling is the way that we engage with it, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's that we have some incredible tolerance for gross things, because I think Josh would show us show us up. Oh yeah. Uh, he can eat anything. The dude likes the blood. He prefers the blood. Well, we've got an idea. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're flirting with an idea. I'll just, you know, give you guys a scoop because hey, you listened this far into an ear biscuit. To, talking about what if we revisited some Willets and I think this was an idea that um, some mythical beast suggested as well so um, we are listening, we hear and we, we consider that. I think Stevie might have seen some comments. Well because um, so we're, so now we're, we would be able to do it out. in a way that back in the day it was throw broccoli into a taco but now we've got Josh and he can actually make something that's interesting, unique and innovative in some way. So, right, so I think we, we if we revisited things, it would be in a completely fresh way. Can he make some of the things that didn't will? I think his greatest challenge is can he make me enjoy the blood? I, oh, that's gosh. really, I, but I do wanna just quickly, cause I, I found some stuff that I think is, will help map, it helps to uh, explain how we're gonna map out the next years of our life and how we're gonna relate to these things because the good news is, Link, we're gonna get better. You think we're already pretty good at eating this stuff. Well, science is on our side. We are going to get better because our taste is going to get worse. Oh, what you okay. got? First of all, I did not understand this, but okay, so basically taste sensitive cells are called gustatory cells. Gustatory cells, I may not, it's like the name Gus and then Tatori gustatory cells. Sure. Um, they're clustered within the taste buds of the tongue, the roof of the mouth, and the lining of the throat. What, you can taste with your throat? Yes. I didn't know that. Did you know that you can, you can taste with the roof of your mouth? You should like no. take your finger, put it on the roof of your mouth and see if you taste it. No, let's let's make this an episode. Um, this will be like a season a good four idea, episode. Good idea. Uh, Can you taste with just your throat? Most people have around uh, between 2,000 and 10,000 taste buds. That's quite a discrepancy, quite a range, but 9,000 is a number I got somewhere else. Um, okay. So 9,000, I think I think it's closer to 10,000 for most people. Now, uh, your taste buds will begin to decrease in number and also shrink and get m less effective. The ones that remain get crappier. This happens between the ages of 40 and 50 for women and 50 to 60 for men, it happens later for men. So we've actually, mm. like the 50 to 60 and then after 60, those are gonna be like the golden years of tasting for us. So a 45 year old man has more taste than a 45 year old woman. On average. I didn't say it. After 60, uh, many people lose the ability to distinguish between sweet, salty, sour, and bitter foods. So now you're getting to a place where grandpa, you know, it's just like the time that Mush. Uh, my grandfather-in-law my brother-in-law was eating some steak 
and he got some gristle and he couldn't chew it. And so he took it and he put it on his plate oh, and then no. my grandfather-in-law just picked it up and ate it. Oh. Because old men cannot distinguish between gris between somebody else's spit yeah, out gristle and stain. Texture, man. That was just he's a, he's also a performer. It, I don't know if he knew that it had been spit out. Oh, he just picked it off his plate and ate it. And then it gets worse. After 70, your sense of smell begins to decrease, which is just adding to the fact that you've got all these dying taste buds. Now you can't even smell, which is 80% of taste. And then what people start doing is they start adding salt and sugar so they can taste more, which is in turn bad for their health. Oh. I think what this all means is that people are just not meant to live that long, you know? I think Mo modern medicine, mm -hmm. we're supposed to like die, like we're supposed to be about dead right now. That's that's the I, and humans are supposed to live about 40, 45, 50, like the cavemen, and then you're supposed to expire. No, but we've no, got no. all these modern conveniences and we can just live forever. But not taste. We can't hear, we can't see, we can't taste, we can't smell. <laughs> but I, that's I think, a great time to just really lean into this. I th yeah, I think what it so means after is, 70, man. Boy, we're, we're really gonna turn a corner we'll on, just be, on Good Mythical Morning. We'll just be eating We'll be eating the testicles right off of animals. <laughs> well, I mean, you thought that was funny because anything will be acceptable. That's a joke. I hope you know that 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 far in advance. You know, right? Actually, what the reality is, we're going to experience look, this hologram of oh no, these elderly people. Oh no, you know what's going to happen because society changes and societal norms change, and what's acceptable morally continues to change. We're going to look back. Like they will show videos of us eating testicles like 20 or 30 years from now and it'll be like, can you believe that we did this as a society? It's a shame. Oh gosh. We, and then we'll, we'll be, be like. We'll be in like a montage at the beginning of a documentary about the decline of. It like, all started when people started getting entertained by men eating animal testicles. And we'll be like, you're right, sorry. We'll go live in a cave. We'll, we will grant an interview for the documentary? No, no, we'll be in a cave. We won't speak to anyone. We'll be publicly shamed. Oh, and we won't be able to taste. We'll be like, I'm smell. sorry, it was a different time. And it'll be like, we don't care that it was a different time. You shouldn't have done it. Did you bring sugar and salt? <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I think the conclusion is, as fascinating as benign masochism is, and it does apply to certain things, I do not think it applies to us because really with yeah in relation to the show I right, completely agree. right I don't like I don't I'm not I, I've never had a hankering to taste testicle me neither man that's the truth that's the truth but no judgment if that's you so there you have it a culinary delight spread before you and a table of a table of our choosing which is round and dimly lit uh do you we, have a recommendation we got to throw us? in a rex in effect because we try to if you hated all of that, you still stuck around because you want a recommendation. I'm gonna make this quick, but I'm gonna recommend an app. It's still in the in the the music loving genre. Um, I recommend Genius. It's also a website, and uh, so if you haven't heard of this, it's it's a uh, it's a collective of um, users who um, will then c place commentary on lyrics. Have you ever heard of this? No. Uh, the app is yellow and it's. It's called Genius? It's called Genius. And it's. Um, Not Genius Scan. No. <laughs> that's, that's another that's app. For, that's for receipts. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, as, a, as an avid partaker in hip hop, I'm able to, I need translations. 
Like basically, genius oh. is, a, is a translation for what to understand the, the hell they're talking about in, in hip hop these days. Because I mean, between all the mumbling and all of the, all the codes, it is, they, they rap in code. Right. And if this 40 year old out of touch dude is going to understand it and fully appreciate what's happening, uh, I lean on genius. Wow, that's a, a good, it's a good wreck. Um, yeah, and they have a is the it reason, is it all lyrics or is it hip hop in general? All lyrics. Any any song that you're curious about the meaning or any and people will upvote and so like the best user generated commentary will kind of rise to the top. So it's not it's it's got this wiki vibe that it's not 100% reliable, but you can kind of tell. Okay. You know, so it, it it definitely helps shed some light on I mean, it's basically all of hip hop is code. Is what I've learned from 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 the app, and it, and if you're listening on Spotify, sometimes on your phone they'll have like Genius will come up and add like a pop up video layer on all like I learned like the backstory about that you know uh, the song Africa because I was just listening to it on Spotify and the Genius pop ups started coming up on the video, hmm. which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I, I just find myself watching Genius. Via Spotify on my on my phone listening to music because I'm into that. So that's the wreck. If you're into that, then go check it out. Uh, and if you think you know stuff about lyrics, you can submit stuff. Again, not a sponsor, just a wreck. Yeah, Have we just it. give wrecks, man. We just give wrecks stuff that we like. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for hanging out with us. Are you hungry? Go get you something to eat. I don't think we talked about anything that would generate appetite. Uh, Salt and vinegar almonds. Oh, yep, those are good. Don't give them to the kid though. Hashtag Air Biscuits, let us know about your experience with benign masochism. Uh, That's or the, don't. Uh, well, you know what it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell us how you see food, gross foods. Yeah. Just in a food, we'll be more in specific. A food realm. Yeah.